0: Welcome to the Impact Church Aurora Podcast. We pray that this week's message encourages you, engages you, and equips you to make an impact in the world around you. Now, get ready to receive the word of God. You don't have to turn off your praise, family. You don't have to you don't have to get into a routine. I know your kids are sitting there next to you, but you might as well show them by example. I, yes, go ahead and model for them what it means to love the Lord your God with all your heart all your mind, all your soul, all your strength It's to all the children in the room to all the kids in the room, look at me, all the kids in the room if you're good during this service if you're actually listening somebody's going to win a big prize at the end of the service okay, okay so you better not be a distraction, let your mom and daddy whoever you're sitting with, make sure they can hear the word of God today huh? that way you can be eligible for a prize at the end of this service a big one too speaking of which that was some good news for some kids I want to give you a quick little illustration the best news in the world can be found in a simple scale the best news in the world can be found in a in a simple scale what key we in can i do it can i do it let me do it I just want to show everybody i can still play some piano this one right here simple scale Most of us like this idea of the ascending, things going up, things getting better, things elevating where it needs to. But, but I would maybe just put this forward. The greatest news came down. Now that don't sound like good news until you actually think about it. okay, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Oh, that makes sense all of a sudden. The greatest news wasn't that I get to go up. It's that he came down so I could be seated with him in heavenly places so that I could become what I could never make myself. He descended so that you and I can ascend. That's some good news right there. Ooh. Let's give it up for our praise and worship team. They're awesome. Come on. Let's, let's show some love. Thank you all. They'll be back in just a moment. Joy to the world. Anyone familiar with Isaac Watts' hymn that he wrote? Anyone familiar with it? So many beautiful verses. But do you know that he didn't actually write it for Christmas? Joy to the world can be sung in July. Simon actually read it earlier from Psalms 98. He based it not on Jesus' first coming as a baby, but his second coming when he returns to earth and sets up his kingdom. Here's what I want to show you today, though. Okay. Because it is Christmas time, and and I I have a question. Are you focused today on joy or junk? Christmas kind of takes on that meaning for us. There's so much junk under your tree right now. Come on, you know you paid a lot of money for it, but in about a week. And come summertime during the garage sales. Are we focused on joy or, or, or junk? Let me read you what the scriptures ultimately tell us in Luke chapter 2, just after the birth of Jesus Christ. Two verses here to start off with. Luke 2, verse 10. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news. I like to say that will cause great joy. Someone say "Great great joy. Great joy. There we go. For all the people today in the city of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. So we've got these these shepherds, if you will. They're tending their flocks. They're fulfilling their obligations, their their job description, if you will. Tending their flocks. And all of a sudden, they get an unannounced encounter with a messenger from the Lord. An angel shows up and begins to tell them, don't be afraid. I've got good news for you that's going to cause great joy. Something about angels, before they can tell us how great the news is, they got to tell us, don't be scared. (laughs) Don't be afraid. I've got good news that's going to cause great joy. Now, look at this just for a moment. Just a bunch of shepherds just minding their own business when all of a sudden they're exposed to an undeserved bit of information. What did they do to earn this? Here's what's so cool about it. Jesus has just been born. It hasn't even been announced on Facebook yet. And here it is. All of a sudden, the angel shows up and tells these shepherds who are just minding their business, exposing them fully to this great information. No one else got to hear it but these guys. You know what that's called? Favor. Look at your neighbor and say, favor. I've got it. And if you're sitting next to a child, make sure they know you keep acting good. You'll get some favor. 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 These guys did nothing to deserve this announcement. They just received the favor of the Lord. Let me give you two quick points. Number one, the favor of God. What is it? It's that unearned preferential treatment to which my proper response is some praise. That's my, pro- my proper response to, to God's undeserved unmerited favor. Is not arrogance. It's not pride. It's appreciation. It is heartfelt praise. Thank you, Lord. I did nothing to to deserve this. I did nothing to earn this. You don't see me running around with the favor of God in my life telling everybody, look at what I did to earn this. No, I say, look what the Lord has done. Favor. It's undeserved. And that revelation that I did nothing to earn this, but I've got it. That revelation. I didn't get this of my own goodness. I got this favor because God is good. Do so I have any witnesses in the house here today that know God is good and you're living under the blessing of undeserved favor? See, if we can't earn this favor, here's what I do want you to see from this text. Go back real quick to that text. I want you to see something. The angels are just tending their flocks by night. That's all they're doing, exactly what they're supposed to do. And the angel shows up and makes this announce it to them. And here's what's so crazy about it. If they didn't do anything to earn this favor, but they still received it, then these shepherds are teaching us something. Consider this. We can position ourselves for favor. I didn't say we can earn it. I said we can position ourselves for it. Think about it. What were were they doing? Their jobs. Just just tending their sheep. Just minding the flock Just doing what they were supposed to do. I'm pretty sure someone who noticed them saw what they were doing. You're just doing your job, you ain't doing nothing big you just tending to your little sheep, boy. It's all good. You, what, what, what is it? What is it? Oh, you're just taking care of your little church. You're just, taking, you're just taking care of those people who watch you online. It, it ain't nothing big. It, it, it ain't all that big of a deal. Ain't nobody, nobody really care what you're doing. Here's what I want to encourage you with. I can't earn the favor of God, but I can put myself in position to receive it. And here's what I know. To every one of you haters out there who think we ain't doing nothing big, we ain't doing nothing important, I need you to know Scripture tells me exactly what I'm doing. I'm setting myself up for the unmarried in favor of God, because I know this if I can be faithful over a little flock, if I can be faithful over some little sheep, if I can be faithful over something on the internet, if I can be faithful over the job God has given me, if I can be faithful over the family God's put me in, if I can be faithful of the ministry God has placed me in, if I can be faithful with the finances God has paid onto my life, here's what I know faith over little things is gonna set me up to be a ruler over much. So go ahead and mock me my little church go ahead and mock me and make fun of me and say they ain't doing nothing really ain't nobody noticing ain't nobody i'll tell you who is noticing the enemy's noticing the enemy's noticing what this church is getting ready to do in the city of aurora in 2020 and forward take a look around the room honey This ain't a white church, this ain't a black church, this ain't a Hispanic church, this ain't a a man church, a woman church, an old church, a young church, a denominational church. This is Jesus' church, and you see it reflected in the faces of the people sitting here. The favor of God is unearned preferential treatment, to which my proper response is to give him the praise. And as long as I remain a faithful steward over the little bit I have now, what comes next? What comes next? It's beyond my dreams. Can I get an amen, amen. from some faithful stewards in the house? Come on, I need to know anybody's still faithful. <laughs> Can anybody still keep their word? Because <laughs> we know God's going to keep his. Second thing I want to tell you, the presence of Jesus will produce the present called joy. It's simple. The presence of Jesus will produce the present called joy. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. If you are a Christian, why do you look so sourpuss all the time? Ser- I'm serious. Joy is germane to Christianity. Literally, it's inherent to who we are. Someone say it's my birthright. Joy is my birthright. As a Christian, literally, here's what I, I like what the German theologian Jürgen Maltmann said. He said this, Christianity is a unique religion of joy. Joy is one of the things that distinguishes Christianity from every other religions. In other words, anyone of you claim to have the presence of Jesus should have the present called joy in your life. I don't give a, give a lot of should-haves, okay? But listen to me. If you really are a Christian, if you really claim to have Jesus, it needs to be reflected in your face. Mm-hmm. There we go. I'm seeing some teeth. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Don't grin them at me. Smile them at me. I've, got, I've received Jesus Christ. No other religion sings as many songs as we do. Come on, somebody. No other religion gets as crazy as we do. No other religion can celebrate as much as we do. We've got joy. It's inherent. It's my birthright. Woo. Let me tell you this. If you claim to have the presence of Jesus, then you've been given the present called joy. Just like you can't get in water and not get wet, you cannot get in Jesus and not get some joy. Amen. God created joy. Jesus endured the shame of the cross with joy. The Holy Ghost is going to produce fruit in your life. One of them is called joy. And of the 66 books in the Bible, 218 times there's this word mentioned. Joy joy can i tell you your god is serious about joy he is committed to getting joy into your life let me give you four quick verses just to prove it to you psalms 30 verse 5 for his anger lasts only for a moment somebody needs to stop right there and just give god some praise i know he was angry but it was only a, a moment my god I know we get these depictions of God being angry with us all the time. Nope. His anger lasts but for a moment. But check it out. His favor lasts for a lifetime. Woo! Weeping may endure through the night, but joy comes in the morning. Can I encourage somebody today, if you could just make it through your night time, if you could just make it through the night season, if you could just make it through the dark hours, if you could just make it through the pain, the weight, the heaviness, something's coming in the morning. Somebody declares morning time joy comes in the morning joy comes in the morning it's my time to see a, just a, a shift in my calendar no more nighttime seasons joy comes in the morning oh hallelujah how about this one psalms 30 verse 11 you have turned my morning into joyful dancing i just need to know if there's anybody that can testify To a God that took you in your brokenness. Took you in your despair. You were weighted down with depression. Defeat anxiety, loss, and this God took your mourning and he turned it into a joyful, excited celebration of what he's done. If you've been set free, don't let anybody look down on you if you chose to go ahead and get your dance on. If God has healed you and literally lifted you up out of the maori clay, then don't, I don't care who looks down on you, who gets upset with you, who says they ain't got no right. You don't know what God has done for me. He's turned my mourning into dance. day Scene. I thought I was gonna die. I thought I'd be lost forever. I was gonna give up, but he turned my morning in the dance scene Ooh, I love how it finishes. He's taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy. We ain't talk about a wardrobe malfunction, we talk about a whole change of your attire, honey. Oh, I'm so grateful. I know with some of you come here sometimes on a Sunday, you come in wearing your defeat. You come in wearing your depression. But I'm so glad to know at some point in time, you remember how great God is. And he literally begins to lift these heavy garments off of your life. And now joy has become the garment you wear. And you sure look good wearing joy. You don't look too good when you look ugly, baby, and sad and depressed. But you look good when you're wearing joy. He's taken away my clothes of mourning. And he's clothed me. He's clothed me. Look at somebody next to you. If they're smiling, be like, just tell them, joy looks good on you. If they're not, tell them, you need to change your clothes. <laughs> oh, Lordy. We're not making any friends today. Joy looks good on you, fam. Joy looks good on you. It looks good on you. It looks good on you. Next verse. Psalms 126.5. 2019 has, has introduced me to this verse in, in ways I didn't even think were possible. Some of you can share in my understanding of this revelation. Those who sow with Tears. Your pillow's been soaked with them. Those who sow with tears. (sighs) You might as well start investing in a Kleenex company. How many tissue you've gone through? Those who sow with tears. I'm so glad it doesn't stop there. There's a process God set in place called sowing and reaping. I came to tell somebody today, the whole reason you don't have any joy right now is because you don't let yourself sow in tears. You try to be hard. You try to act like everything's okay. And as long as you act like everything is okay, you'll never find the opportunity to find some real joy. The harvest is joy. So go ahead and cry yourself to sleep. Go ahead and get... I'm going to be a pastor here just for a moment. Go ahead and act like a human being and get mad. Go ahead and wave your fist at God. Go ahead and let a couple square words slip if you need to. But get it out of the way so that ultimately you can find some peace and find some victory and find some healing. Go ahead and be upset. Get it done with. Cry. Yell. Stomp around. Throw a temper tantrum. Your kids are going to do it anyway. Sow them tears so you can reap back in the joy of the Lord. Can I get an amen from some real people? It's time to get healthy. So acknowledge they hurt you. Go ahead. Acknowledge it. Stop denying it. Stop acting like nothing happened. Go ahead. This stinks. I got kids in the room. Yeah, this stinks. I don't like this at all, and I'm acknowledging what it's done to me. But I'm going to sow my tears because I anticipate a harvest. I'm going to reap in joy. Last verses for this moment here. These are all from the Book of Psalms. I get it. So I want you to know what Jesus says to us, our Savior. He says this in John fifteen eleven. He says, "I have told you these things." So that you, someone say me, you will be filled. <sighs> filled. <sighs> not, not just uh, a few drops. Not just a, a minor visitation, if you will, to make you happy for a moment. Jesus says, I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. I like how the NLT says it here. Yes, your joy will overflow. See, God wants to bring you past that fickle feeling we call happiness. Happiness. We use it all the time. I just want you to be happy. I I just want to be happy. I've been married for 15 years and you know what? I'm just not happy anymore. I just want to be happy. I, I, I like this job at first, but now that I've been here for three weeks, I'm no longer happy. Oh, let anybody, let everybody, let them date whoever they want as long as it makes them happy. God is trying to move us past this fickle feeling called happiness. What He's wanting us to get a hold of, if you will, is a spiritual condition. It's called joy, a spiritual condition. Well, pastor, what's the difference between happiness and joy? I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Let's give them that diagram real quick. Happiness versus joy. Happiness is triggered by the external. Come on. Your kids can make you happy sometimes. Let's be honest. It's external. And here's the problem with happiness. We know how this works. Happiness has to be connected to happenings. what it comes down to. And as long as everything is happening that makes me happy, then I'm going to have happiness in my life. But all of a sudden, my kids are acting up. My money's acting funny. uh, Things aren't going well at work. The government is acting screwy. Where's my happiness now? It's connected to happenings. But joy is something different. It's triggered by what happens internally. Yeah, the world around me can be shaken, can be destroyed completely, but something, a spiritual condition on the inside cannot be altered or changed. It's called joy. Happiness is short-term. It's short-term. You don't believe me just get married. Happiness is short-term. But joy, I just heard a preach from somebody who's only been married like two years. Watch out now. <laughs> joy. Joy is something that has a longevity to it. Because joy tells me, I may not feel happy right now, but I've got something, again, stirring on the inside that lasts. Righteousness, peace, and joy are in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. Next thing, happiness is just based on the situation. Come on, what it is. But joy is based on a revelation. Who he is. I've got joy. Happiness, it's just just natural emotion. It's all it is. But I told you, joy is a spiritual condition. It's a spiritual experience. Lastly, happiness comes from feelings. Nothing more than feelings. Oh, my God. I'm looking for some mature Christians who will stop coming to church just wearing their feelings. I, I got it. You're not happy. You're going to run me down at the end of church to pray for your happiness. I got it. I'm ready. But joy. My joy is not attached to my feelings. My joy is attached to this. This. Without faith, it is impossible to please God because those who come to God must first believe that He is and then that He is the rewarder. Oh, that gives me some joy. God is a rewarder. I said, God is a rewarder. You thought God was a taker. You thought God wanted to keep you down. You thought God was upset with you. No, the Bible tells me God is a rewarder of them who diligently seek after Him. You want some joy? Go after God in faith and watch how He rewards you. Joy comes from faith. Let me finish here. Let me finish here. For those of you who are raised in more denominational backgrounds, This is the time of year that we call the Advent. Anyone ever heard the term Advent? The Advent season. It's actually coming to a close here. On the 24th, the Advent season comes to a close. Here's what we know about the Advent. The Advent is actually Latin. The Latin word Advent as it's described to us in the English language means the coming or the arrival of a notable person. The coming or the arrival of a notable person. The coming... And the arrival of a notable, the Advent. See, sometimes I just got to pause for the cause. I know you want to hear the reason for the season. I got it. Sometimes you got to pause for the cause and recognize Jesus came so that I could celebrate. I've got to pause and ultimately tell myself, this is more than just the hustle and bustle and stress and parties and shopping and gift-giving and debt and bigger waistlines. There's so much more to Christmas than that. I pause for the cause. This is about the coming of a notable person. His arrival is to be celebrated. His arrival is to be shouted from the rooftops. His arrival causes angels to show up and make the declaration. They were that excited. His coming means something so great to us, so valuable to us, so important to us. It simply means his advent, he arrives, he descends so that we can ascend. He comes down so that we can go up. That's what the Advent means ultimately. I'll tell you like this. There's a first time Jesus came 2,000 years ago. It's called his first Advent. I'm a Pentecostal boy. Pentecostals love talking about the rapture. We love talking about the return of Jesus Christ. Growing up, there wasn't a church service that went by that I didn't hear somebody tell me Jesus is coming back soon. Well, hallelujah, I was only eight years old. Now I'm 38. That doesn't change his timeline. He's still coming soon. His first advent, the first time he came, it's going to pale in comparison to the next time. Let me tell you just like this. The first time Jesus came into the world, he came unnoticed, The next time he comes, every eye will see and behold him. The first time Jesus came, he came into poverty, literally the son of a carpenter. But the next time he comes, we're going to see him in all his glory as the son of God. The first time Jesus came, he came to redeem. But the next time Jesus comes, he's coming to reign forever. The first time he came, he came as the Lamb of God. But the next time Jesus comes, he's coming as the Lion of the tribe of Judah. The first time Jesus came. The religious leaders mocked him and said he could save others. Why can't he save himself? But the next time that Jesus shows up here on planet earth, even his haters, his mockers, every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord forever and ever to the glory of God. The first time he came, fails at the comparison to the next time he comes. Somebody stand your feet with me and declare in this place joy to the world the Lord has come somebody help me receive the King of Kings help me receive the Lord of Lords confess with your mouth that he is Lord we declare it today joy there's a whole reason we get excited joy to the world the Lord is come see I know we we like to change the verb the Lord has come because yes we're speaking about Christmas but the original lyrics were joy to the world the Lord it is it is a prophetic declaration that I already know what's getting ready to come I already know what's gonna happen So I'm not waiting for it, I'm declaring it, and I'm receiving it today. This is why we're here on Christmas, ladies and gentlemen. We are not doing what we have to do, we're doing what we know to do. We know that He is King. We know that He is Lord. We know that He is Redeemer, and we know that He's going to reign forever. So we receive the King of Kings. We receive the Lord of Lords. We receive our hope. We receive our joy because the Lord has come to us hey just lift your hands to heaven right now all over this place we receive today the joy of the Lord the joy of the Lord with your hands raised I want to be honest with you keep your hands raised just for a moment you know what the enemy is always trying to do he's trying to come after your joy you know why scripture teaches that the joy of the Lord is actually our strength, strength. So it comes after your joy. He, he makes you, he makes you think, I'm, I'm not happy in this marriage. I'm not, I'm not happy in this job. I'm, I, I'm, I'm not happy in my church. I'm not, I'm not happy in my circumstances. I'm, I'm not happy with what's going on. You know what he's going for? He's not going for your happiness. He's going after your joy. Because if he can get your joy, he can rob your strength. And if he can rob your strength, you become weak and vulnerable and susceptible to his lies. You become susceptible to his deceit. You become susceptible to temptation. This is why you need the joy of the Lord. It's a spiritual condition. So everyone who needs joy today, just reach up your hands and say, I receive your joy today. I receive it. Not just, if you will, a, a spiritual thing. I receive Jesus. I receive Jesus because his very presence will produce the present of joy in my life. Just for the next 60 seconds with your hands raised. With your hands raised. Just receive. Even the children that can do this in the room. Keep your hands up and just receive Jesus right now. Receive the presence of Jesus. There it is. Receive him. Receive him. Receive it. Someone say, I receive the joy of the Lord. I receive the joy of the Lord. It is mine. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is mine. give me that last verse there. Kristen, give me that last verse. Luke chapter 2. Just look on the screen. You continue to worship God, but just look on the screen. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, shoot, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that happened which the Lord has told us about. Verse 16 is what I want you to catch. So they hurried off. Our King James says with haste haste is an, an older English word. Haste just simply means excessive speed. These guys were full-blown sprinting towards this manger. They wanted to see this thing that had been told them. They didn't haphazardly go about it. They didn't mediocrely, I'll get there when I get there. They didn't take their time. They didn't show up to church at 12 o'clock when it starts at 11 30. they made haste they ran as fast as they could and they found mary and joseph and there it is the promise the promise there it was that baby lying in the manger they dropped everything they had a job to do they were tending sheep and they left it all behind to see this promise known as Jesus. I need to know if I've got a kid in here under the age of 10. I know I've got some adult kids, but a kid under the age of 10 that happens to have an affinity for hubba bubba. just love yourself some, some gum? I, 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 need, I need to see somebody that really just loves this gum. Are you coming for this? Are you coming for this? Oh, look at that. I was waiting for somebody to get a little bold in their faith. All right. I'm about to be the rewarder. You're about to get some joy. Okay. I want to give this to you because you like hubba-bubba. Okay. Or I can give you something greater. Do you want the hubba-bubba? Or do you want something greater? You want what? Greater. Now... Hold on now. How do you know it's greater if you've never seen it? Are you just going to take me at my word? Can I be trusted? Better hope you can trust your pastor. So you're just going to take me at my word that I have something greater for you. Even though you can't see it even though you don't know where it is, you can trust what I say because I'll keep my word to you. Not because I'm going to make it up and get it for you later, but because I've already purchased it. And I've got it available right here, right now. Okay, here it is. You want this? David? I do you want that bucket back there of 380 pieces. Which one do you want? Ah! You want something greater. Well the Bible tells me, though they had a job to do, the shepherds heard of something greater and they ran to get something greater. So you want this or you want that? Then You better run, boy. Run. Let me see you. Make haste. Make haste. Run. Run and get your prize. This is the kind of Christians I believe God is calling us to be. Not lazy, not haphazard, not lukewarm, but on fire for God. And I'm going to make haste to do what he wants me to do. Here today, before we close out this Christmas service, it is time for us to look at a new year with excitement, anticipation, and joy. My greatest days are not behind me. I'm going to keep running, running this race, and I will have everything God promised me. Who believes that? Even though I can't see it yet, I know God can keep His Word. I trust Him to keep His Word. So be it. Here's what we're gonna do. Grab your family because they're close to you. Grab your family. I'm gonna pray over your family that we're gonna, then we're gonna make haste to receive our tithe and offering. But before we do, grab your family. And if you came here alone today, don't stand alone. You're part of the family of God. Grab hold of somebody. Grab hold of somebody. They may not share your your last name or your DNA, but because of Jesus Christ, we're all one. We are all one and united. We are family today. Hallelujah. got your family around you? People you love? People that love to get on your nerves? Embrace your family, your children, your wife, your husband, your sisters, your brothers, aunts, uncles, grandmas, grandchildren, grandparents, whatever they may be to you, whoever they are to you. We don't do this enough. Maybe it feels awkward because you don't do it at all. But you need to understand, second to Jesus Christ is your family. There we go. Thanks, princess. She wanted to make sure I wasn't alone. Somebody's getting a big Christmas present this year. (laughs) Father, we thank you. Firstly, for the gift of your son. Our big brother, Jesus, who has made the way for us. Given us the right to be called children of God. Thank you, Jesus. For being willing to humble yourself and come to earth. Literally, remove yourself from your divinity to be part of humanity. Thank you, Jesus. We honor you today as King and Lord of all. And Heavenly Father, we also want to say thank you for the gift of our family. We are blessed to have these around us. Give us that revelation of how blessed we are, but Lord would you be so kind as to show it to them as well. So we will never take each other for granted. so that we'll never act like you're always going to be there. I'll always have you. Some of us understand that life is short. That more than ever, we need to show our love to those we love the most. As you're just holding your family, I just want to pray over your 2020. There'll be some things you put down so you can spend more time with your kids more time with those who matter don't get me wrong I understand we have priorities and we have obligations but I know this as a pastor do I want to save the whole world and lose my family nope nope so somebody put your cell phone down and pick your kid up get off the internet and get into the the van together and go for a drive and spend some time together my God get rid of your attitude and get a hold of Jesus attitude and love one another and serve one another support one another tell my kids in the room be glad you have a mommy and a daddy even if it only is a mommy or even only is a daddy be glad you have somebody who loves you and works hard to take care of you be glad there are a lot of kids who don't have anything at all be thankful for what you have Lastly, Lord, I want to say thank you as a whole for this family. We have a title on us called Impact Church, but we're really nothing more than just children of God. And I'm thankful for this family, Lord. Bless my family in this Christmas season. May it be joyous, 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 joyful, overflowing with joy. Joy bouncing off your walls. Joy when you mess up the turkey. Joy when when things don't go the way you want them to. Joy when you see nothing but a big mess of wrapping paper all over your carpet. Joy when the kids get tired of the toys by Friday afternoon. Joy. Joy. May our lives resound with joy this year. And the joy of the Lord will be your strength, family, going into 2020 and moving forward. We thank you for this, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message on the Impact Church Aurora podcast. Please feel free to subscribe, rate, and review. For more information or to give, please visit us at www.impactchurchaurora.com. Now, go out into the world and continue making an impact.